And so, uh, yeah, we started this whole one-on-one series, and the, the whole idea behind this is that um, there are so many reoccurring issues, reoccurring topics that come up when we engage in these one-on-one conversations. You know, Pastor Sean and I, as we talk to people, as we work through issues, as we have those real conversations with people, the same things keep coming up again and again and again. And so this series has been an opportunity for us to address some of those things. And as you can see... From the message title today, A Bad Company, and as you could hear, Joyce read in the scripture today, we're going to be talking about this whole thing of association and bad company and choosing your friends and all that. Back in the day, when I was in my early 20s, I had a friend. Um, we'll call him Tony. I've never had a friend named Tony, so we'll call him Tony, okay? That's not his real name. So I had a friend named Tony, and Tony was a, a great guy. He was a friendly guy, and I would describe Tony as being like a... Um, like a low-key party guy, like a low-key party guy, not like a big obnoxious party guy that's always out at like the bars and always out at the clubs. And is that are clubs still a thing, by the way? Like dance clubs? Does that still exist? Not so much anymore. That's fine. I don't know why I'm asking. It's not like I'd start going. Is there still one around? No. Anyway, but he wasn't that kind of guy. He was just a guy who had he had a lot of friends. He had a lot of different circles of friends. He was involved in a lot of different things. And so it was very friendly, very outgoing guy. And so the two of us hung out. We were both in our early 20s. One of the things that we had in common is like while we were friends, we were both like single. We commiserate about that. We watched other friends in our circle of friends kind of pair up. And we just like, well, here we are. You know what I mean? And so like we were buddies. Um, but you never knew what to expect when you're hanging out with Tony. I said I was going to call him Tony, right? Yeah. You never knew what to expect with Tony. You didn't know what the night would bring. Sometimes it was very chill, very casual. I remember one night we just ordered pizza, stayed in and watched Edward Scissorhands. You know, you know how guys do, right? You know what I mean? Classic Johnny Depp, right? And we looked at each other like, I can't, this is so lame. I can't believe we're doing this. Anyway, we would do low-key things like that. But then he was also the guy who would call me at like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock and say, hey, a bunch of us are going to fill in the blank. Come out with us. A bunch of us are hitting up Tom Jones. We're going to get some... Gross Blue Ribbon Specials, like, come on out with us, you know? A bunch of us are going to Jocelyn's, or going to John's, or we're going to this bar, we're going to this bar. Come on out with us. With us. I say, well, well, what do you mean by a bunch of us? Do I know these people? Are they like our friends? Are they your friends? And sometimes I'd say yes, and sometimes I'd say no, but he was the kind of guy I just, I always got into trouble with him, you know what I mean? We always got into some kind of trouble, and I'm not going to tell you the details because I've got family here, but we would get into trouble together, right? Now, Tony, I'm being consistent, right? It's Tony, right? Tony, um, <clears throat> he was basically like an agnostic type guy where he was open to the possibility of God, wasn't really sure about it, but he was extremely open-minded when it came to things about God. And he heard what I had to say. Now, at that stage of my life, again, early 20s, I was a Christian. As an important side note, I, I still am one, right, to this day. But I was a Christian, and he was this agnostic type, and he was very open-minded to what I had to say about Jesus, right? And sometimes that's where our conversations would go. And we talk about stuff, especially like when you're going through, I feel like when someone's going through a tough time, they're much more open to receiving. I mean, that's not always the case, but they're more open to hearing about, you know, comfort that Jesus brings and all that. And so, yeah, there were times where we'd have these like real conversations. In fact, I gave him a Bible, right? You know what I mean? I became one of the, here, let me give you a Bible. Gave him a Bible. It's a Bible I stole from somebody else. Anyway, gave him a Bible. It's like, well, if you want to start reading it, you know what I mean? So sometimes I had some influence with him. Some positive influence, because that's what, listen, that's what we Christians were supposed to be about, right, is trying to have that influence. 
But the thing about me in my early 20s is I was going through a phase in my faith or a phase in my spiritual walk, whatever you want to call it, I was going through this phase where I was really trying to take my faith more seriously, really trying to be fully committed. And, you know, there's this thing that happens, and I feel like it's a really common occurrence, maybe a universal experience for anyone who tries to do this Jesus-following stuff, this Christianity business. It's thing of like where I kind of felt like I had a, a foot in both worlds. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like you're trying to be this Christian version of yourself, the version that loves Jesus, the version that tries to follow Jesus' teachings. I mean, yes, Jesus offers the gift of salvation. We find that only in him, but he also offers us a way of life. We t- he tells us to love one another. He gives us priorities, a way to think about money, a way to think about time, a way to think about relationships. And so I was really trying to, to, to step out of this kind of double-minded thing and really be, be the Christian version of me. Do you know, is that an experience you've kind of dealt with at some point? Is it just me? All right, well, it was just me. But I had this, I was really trying to take my faith more seriously. And it, it kind of feels like when you go through that, it kind of feels like you have these two identities, you know what I mean? like a double identity, not in a cool Bruce Wayne, Batman way, but in a really kind of negative way where you've got the version of you that you want to be, the version of you that's taking your faith seriously, the version of you that's really reorienting your life around the teachings of Jesus, but then there's the version of you that just wants to do what you want to do, right? There's the version of you that hangs out with guys like Tony and gets into trouble, right? And so I was really, really trying to be, you know, to stay on that right path. But the problem was the way that Tony and I, the way our friendship dynamic worked, he always had more influence on me than I had on him. And those times where we talked faith stuff, they were few and far in between. And he'd always, I don't know what it was. There were just guys like that. There were people like that. They just, they always make a good case. Come on out. No, it'll be fun. Come on out. It'll be fun. No, one more drink. It'll be fine. No, we're going to go to this party afterwards. It'll be fine. Come on out. Come on out. You know what I mean? And always cave. Now, eventually, you know, again, I'm in this phase of life trying to take my faith seriously. Eventually, I made a decision. I was like, listen, I just, I can't hang out with this guy anymore. And it's not, it's not about him. It's not because he was bad. It's just about me. I'm, for some reason, I'm too weak when I'm around him. You know what I mean? I'm too easily influenced to do the wrong thing. Now, some of you might think I made the bad, a bad decision, and maybe you're right. I don't know. It's just the decision that I made. It's like, I can't, I can't hang out with this guy. Now, you might be thinking, well, you should have hung out with him more and had a, you know, worked your influence, and you've got to have an influence with him and all that kind of thing. Maybe, but I just I knew me, and I knew him, and I knew our relationship dynamic. And I felt like if I was going to like really veer hard into this path of being the Christian version of me, I just had to sacrifice that friendship. And it kind of, it wasn't like a big dramatic talk. It kind of worked out anyway because he was on a different path. And we, you know what it's like to be in your early 20s. Sometimes people just kind of go different ways. And so it kind of worked out. But, but that was a decision I had to make. It's like, I can't, I can't, I can't because I know my weaknesses. And I know, even though I'm a grown man, I know that I can be influenced and I can be tempted. And so I just set up those boundaries for myself. And again, maybe you disagree with that decision. Maybe you're right. But that's the decision that I made at that point in time so I could really be the Christian version of me. Did you ever have a friend like that? It was just a, like kind of a bad influence. And we don't want to be judgmental and put people in that kind of category. But have you ever had a friend that was just a bad influence Someone who was, you know, that gave you those calls at 9, 10, or 11, come on out, you know, forget about your PJs, get dressed, we're going out, we're hitting the club, or whatever it is now, wherever people go now, I don't know, we're going out, you know what I mean? Did you ever have a friend, maybe you are the friend like that, are you the friend like that? You know, are you the bad influence in your circle of friends? Maybe you are. 
But there are these people, and it's like, again, it's not a place of judgment. It's that you just know the power that they have over you. It's the kind of people that whenever you hang out with them, maybe it's one person, maybe it's a group of friends, whenever you hang out with them, the next day you feel like, oh, just that sense of regret. Oh, like the Christian version of me wouldn't have done that, and the Christian version of me would not have said that. I don't know how we got into that topic. You know what I mean? The day after you just feel that, oh, that regret, those bad influences. You remember what it's like to be a teenager, right? You teenagers, like, you remember what it's like to be you right now? You remember what it's like to be a teenager, right? And you had that one friend or that group of friends, and every time you're about to head out the door, mom or dad would stop and say, wait, 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 hang on, who are you going out with? And you'd be tempted to lie because you didn't want them to know because they didn't like Jimmy or Susie or whoever it was, you know what I mean? Because they didn't like some of your friends. You know why your parents didn't like some of those friends? Because they were a bad influence on you. And they, you know what I mean? And they didn't want that rubbing off on you, Right? And so let's take a little minute and have our little teenager church time, right? Let me talk to the teenagers in the room, right? If you've got that friend or that circle of friends or that boyfriend or that girlfriend and mom and dad are like, this is not a good idea, let me tell you right now, here's what's going to happen. Years from now, you're going to look back, am I right? Years from now, you're going to look back and you're going to say, you know what, I get it. I get why mom and or dad didn't like those people or like that boyfriend or like that girlfriend because that person was a bad influence on me. So, teenagers in the room, if you're hanging out with some people and your parents aren't on board with that, just save yourself some heartache and some hardships and listen to your parents, okay? Do it. All the teenagers are like, yeah, yeah. No, none of them are like that right now, right? And if you're the parent of a teenager, listen, we got your back, okay? We got your back. We're in this together, right? And so we're watching out for each other. Your parents don't want you to have bad influences in your life. And by the way, after you turn 18, you're 19, you're early 20s, it's not like your parents stop being wise. They still know what's up, right? Maybe you're an adult technically speaking, but in your early 20s or in your early 30s or in your, your parents probably still have some wisdom and can see from a perspective that you can't, okay? So we can all still learn a thing or two from moms and dads. Anyway, have I made my point? I've kind of veered a little bit there. All right, anyway. <clears throat> So let's take a look again at what this scripture passage says. And this is a passage from, um, as Joyce read for us, it's a passage from 1 Corinthians. Last week we looked at a passage from 2 Corinthians. Are we okay? Are we all right? Do you want me to hold her? Is she okay? That's my kid, by the way. Is she all right? <laughs> we're doing our best. Okay. But uh, last week we looked at um, 2 Corinthians and said so we're backtracked to 1 Corinthians. And um, It's just one of those awkward moments. Should I ignore that my own kid is crying right now? Should I ignore that? Do you need anything, honey? No, nah, it's tough. It's tough being one and a whatever, less than two. I know how old she is, less than two. Anyway, should we keep doing this sermon? Yeah. So we're in 1 Corinthians this week. It's another letter written by Paul, and he's written to the church in Corinth. He's written to these people. And it's kind of like if you look at the larger context of this chapter, um, this is sort of an isolated idea that he throws in there, somewhat tied to the other things that he's talking about. And so he's working, this is Paul, he's working with a group of people who I believe, this is just my take on the situation, I believe were in that phase where they had a foot planted in two different worlds. You had these people who had heard about Jesus, they'd heard about God's love, they'd heard about the cross, they believed this message of the cross. They believed that by putting their trust in Jesus Christ, they could receive eternal life. They believed these things. And to some degree, I don't know the exact dynamic of this church in Corinth, but to some degree, you had people who were trying now to live it out, 
trying, they were looking at people like Paul and say, Paul, well, how, what do we do now? How do we live? Do we live any differently now? Do we keep doing the same stuff? Do we still hang out with the same people? What does life look like now? So you had people who were trying. Some were trying harder than others. That's just how it works in the church. And so you have a church full of people with a foot in both worlds. And Paul gives this really sound advice, you know. He takes on the role of, of being everybody's dad in the church. He's like, I don't want you hanging out with certain people. They got a bad influence on you, right? And that's what he says. And look how he starts. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. If you take a look at other translations of this same text, do not be deceived. Right? So the idea here is this. He's telling this church full of people, he's like, listen, don't fool yourselves into thinking that you can now be this Christian version of you and still maintain the same kind of friendships you had prior to your conversion, prior to your new life. Do not be misled. It's going to be different now. Now, please hear me when I say this. I am not suggesting for a moment that once you become a follower of Jesus, then you're only allowed to hang out with Christians, and that's it. You got to stay in your safe little church bubble, stay in the bubble, close the doors, and blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that the relationship dynamic changes because you've changed, and you're changing. In fact, we referenced this last week. There's this idea in Scripture that we're becoming transformed and conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. We begin this journey, and God is molding us more into the image of Jesus Christ. Being a Christian, it's a, it's a becoming. It's a process. You are on this journey, and your friends that you used to hang, they're not. And so that relationship dynamic, it needs to shift. It needs to change. Do not be misled. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. Their influence has the capacity, has the ability to take, to sideline you, to take you off your path of following Jesus and pull you back into your old life. Now, I referenced this last week. How many times throughout the New Testament do we come across the same idea, the same idea articulated in a number of different ways, the idea that when you become a follower of Jesus, there's something new that happens. Jesus described it as being born again, born a second time. Paul talks about it as a, as a death, as, as being crucified with Christ, and now it's Christ who lives in you. You know, the old is gone, the new has come. It's an idea we keep reading in the New Testament, that the new is here, the new has come. And so when you're a new you, you can't pretend that you're still the old you. And we, listen, and we all do it. I think it's universal to the Christian experience. And you know, especially when we try to take our faith, we, we're just bouncing back and forth. We're doing the identity bop. I'm this version of me, I'm that version of me. It's the hit new dance, all the kids are doing it. It's the identity bop, right? We go back and forth. But what we, what we yearn for, what so many of us yearn for, is that consistency. And so, I didn't even finish this passage here. Let's go back. Come back to your senses. Listen, don't be lured away. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. For there are some who are ignorant of God. And listen, sometimes in our culture we use that term ignorant as like a slam or like, you know, try, it's not even a criticism. It's just they're ignorant. Literally, they don't know what you know. They don't know about God. And he says, I say this to your shame. That's, I mean, you're really putting down the hammer. You're really playing dad here, Paul. You know, I say this to your shame. You shouldn't be doing this. They don't know what you know. They don't have, not yet, not yet they don't. They don't have the life that you have. We need, this is just as true for us today as it was back in, in Paul's day. We need to have boundaries. We need to rethink our relationships and how we interact with people. It's different. 
You know, for those of you, whether you've been following Jesus for 30 years or whether you're, you're just started or whether you're not even sure if you're a follower, I'm not ready to call, I'm not ready to put a label on anything yet, okay? I don't know where you are, but if you could get yourself surrounded by other believers, by people who are further along in the journey than you are, see, that's, the wonder, that's a wonderful kind of influence to have in your life. People who are more experienced at this living according to Christ's plan thing. People who are more experienced at reorganizing their lives and their priorities around Jesus. Learn from them. Be influenced by them, baby. Just soak that all up like a sponge, right? That's great. But to go the other way, you know, if you're just tiptoeing into this Jesus stuff and maybe you just kind of show up at a worship setting and don't really talk to anybody, you're not really building any relationships and you don't really go to any kind of small groups or any kind of events or anything, and I just kind of stay to myself. Listen, it's not enough. You need positive influences in your life, not just positive influences, but Christian influences, right? That's the most churchy thing I've ever said. You need Christian influences. But you know what I mean? You need people who are further along in their faith than you to help you along your way. So let's get back to this one-on-one conversation. So I'm talking to you right now. Who is it in your life? Uh, Who is it in your life that tends to knock you off your track? (laughs) Who is it? Who is it that kind of sidelines you? Who's the bad influence? No, you don't want to be judgmental, and don't be. Who's the bad influence in your life? Is there a certain group of people? Are there some coworkers? And you know that once you start talking, the talk becomes gossip, and it becomes negative, and then you feel like you drive away from work, and you're like, I can't believe I got lured into gossip. Like, what is that about? That's not who I am. Who is it? Are they coworkers? Is it friends? certain group of friends, and you like these people, and you'd be hesitant to cut them out of your life, and maybe you don't have to, but you have to establish some kind of boundaries, right? And you have to have open, candid conversation. Hey, you want to come out and do this? It's like, listen, thank you for the invitation, but I don't do that anymore. I'm not that me anymore. That's a powerful witness to other people. Man, I'm really, I'm laying on the Christian stuff today. The church, what powerful witness to people, you know? Yeah, it's a powerful witness to show people I am becoming something new. Let them see that. It's vulnerable. Let them see you in your vulnerability. I'm, I, I don't know if I should do that anymore. I don't know if I should go there. And it's nothing against that place. Or I just, when I go there, I just, you know what I mean? Who are the people in your, maybe it's, hey, oh, maybe it's family members. That's tough, right? That's a tough road to navigate. You know, when you get together with your family or maybe it's this, okay, they're gonna, we're going to get into this and we're all going to start drinking and we're all going to start laughing and telling these stories and one thing together and then we all start fighting. You know, I don't, I don't know what it is for you, but who is it in your life where you need to establish some boundaries? What I told you in week one of this series, this whole thing of trying to transform, it doesn't happen. Become better, become a more devout follower, or just really fully live into the life that Jesus wants for you. It's not going to happen unless you want it to happen. There's two things. You need to have a desire for change, and you have to be willing to sacrifice. And so here's where you need to look at the relationships in your life and ask the question, which way is the influence working, right? Especially when it comes to people who aren't on the same page of faith as you, some people who aren't following Jesus. What kind of influence? Am I influencing them, or are they influencing me? Ask yourself that question and put up some boundaries. And listen, if there's a specific someone that you need to kind of cut out of your life, you know what? Pray about that. Think about it. We can talk about it. You don't want to lose your influence, but maybe for your own sake and so you don't get derailed, maybe you will have to sacrifice some friendships. But you know what? God can place other people in that person's life to help them in their journey and on their way.
And so, yes, it takes a desire for change. It takes a willingness to sacrifice. But here's the good news. Here's the good news about this church. We're a community church. It's in our name. We're a community church. And what that means, part of what that means is that what we do here, it's not just about gathering together and you listen to somebody talk. It's not about that. We have a desire. And those of you who have been with us for a while, you know this. We have a desire collectively to support one another, to be there for one another. And so the reality is, as you continue on your walk of faith, you might have to set up some boundaries with your old friends. You might have to sacrifice some relationships. But you've got people now who want to have a positive influence in your life. And so the other question I have for you is, what can you do to take that next step in building some relationships here at Hope Community Church? What was it you mentioned, Sean? When's this party happening for the youth? Oh, you guys already know. September 9th, there's this party happening. It's not a lunch party. It's not a lunch party. It's a launch party, right? You know what I mean? Not for lunch. Not a... Thank you. One person got that. It's good enough. All right. <clears throat> it's a launch party. Ask Jillian what I was talking about. It's a, it's a launch party, right? But we're all invited to it. I don't have teenagers, but I'm going to. It's a, to all go. Maybe that's the thing you need to do. You don't even need to bring your Bible with you. Just get to know some of these other people that you see on a Sunday morning. Have a hamburger with someone. Have a hamburger with a stranger. That sounds like a... That's a new campaign. We're going to hamburger with it, whatever it is. But get to know people. You know, fall, I don't want to, listen, sorry, but fall's going to be here before you know it, right? And with fall comes small groups and Bible studies and more opportunities to serve. And so make it, make it take that next step and say, I'm trying, to re, I'm trying to connect with some people who will be a positive, Christ-like influence in my life. That's the good news. If you desire that, we have it for you. As a church, we want to help you in your faith. We want to help you as an individual become fully realized Christian version of you. We want to help pull you out of this double identity thing so you can fully commit to being the version of you that Jesus wants you to be, the version of you that Jesus called you to be, the version of you that Jesus created you to be. Let me pray for you. Father God, I want, I want to take this opportunity to personally thank you for the people you've put in my life that have been a wonderful influence, that have taught me things, that have showed me things, who have supported me along the way. And, and Father God, I pray for this, your church, that you would allow us to be a community of people who look out for each other, a community of people who have each other's backs, who want what's best for each other. And Father God, I pray that you would continue to, to foster and nurture relationships within this congregation so that we would be invested in one another's lives. And Father God, we ask that, that you would help each one of us be with us as we, we reassess our friendships, reassess our relationships. And, and if we need to set up some boundaries, let us know where. If we need to sacrifice some relationships, let us know where. But more than that, Father God, show us, teach us, reveal to us how we can be positive influencers for you within our circle of friends, within our circle of accountability. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.